0: Did the Carolina Panthers offensive line ease concerns after an awful outing last Saturday? Let's talk about it here on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow the show for free right here on YouTube, where we are live following every Panthers preseason, regular season, and fingers crossed playoff game here on the channel. And, of course, subscribe and listen wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And you can always check out all the live episodes if you ever miss a live show here on YouTube there in your podcast feed. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where for the next two Fridays before we get into the regular season, I'll be answering your weekly Friday mailbag questions either at me or DM me to participate in the weekly Friday mailbag here on Locked on Panthers, at Julian Council there on Twitter. This podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. If you're thinking... Of starting therapy, give better help a try and visit betterhelp.com/slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. So, how's everybody feeling here on a Friday night? Are you feeling better than you felt last Saturday? I would certainly hope so. As the Carolina Panthers okay again? Lost 21 to 19. We're not concerned about the score line in the preseason. What we're concerned about is the results from the individuals and the units. Now, the overall result was a loss. But doesn't matter because it's the preseason. But what does matter is how these individuals and how this team performs in certain aspects and facets of the game. And on Saturday against the Jets, it was pretty bad. And I watched hard knocks back, and I did see the Jets practiced on Thursday ahead of that preseason game. It rained that morning in Spartanburg. They canceled the joint practice. At least the Panthers canceled it as they headed back home while the Jets went out there and wanted to clean up some things that they saw on Wednesday where they started off hot. In practice, and then uh, they kind of tapered off there towards the end. And that really showed itself on Saturday afternoon, as Robert Sala said, I love kicking people's ass. And the Panthers, well, of course, got their ass kicked, and you were wondering where this team was headed after that performance. Now, I don't sit here and look at Frank Reich differently because his team didn't practice, that he didn't want to risk any sort of injury when he was already dealing with with, of course, a couple injuries like Austin Corbett and had some guys sit out like Miles Sanders who's not going to play at all in the preseason looks like with that groin injury. So it makes sense that, okay, we've been been in Spartan for a couple weeks. We've done everything that we need to see and they got good work in with the Jets. So from his perspective, I can see why he decided to come home. But last Saturday was, well, concerning. (laughs) I think tonight... People should feel better. And still, there's going to be people who are going to be DEFCON 1 about things. There's going to be people who are going to be a little concerned. There's going to be people who are like, ah, whatever. It's the preseason. I think a little concern is probably the best way to go about it. Now, the preseason doesn't matter as long as you perform great. If you don't perform great, then... Well, the preseason matters, actually, when you perform great. When you don't perform great, you say, nah, it doesn't matter at all. But it definitely does matter. And the Panthers, I thought, improved, took another step towards the regular season. And that September 10th opener uh, down I-85 South in Atlanta. Bryce Young tonight, as far as takeaways from him, uh, three for six for 35 yards. Got to play 17 snaps. Only played 11 last Saturday. And I felt like he was once again poised as he had to uh, deal with some pressure. Now, Frank Wright came out and said the offensive line was much better tonight um, than they were on Saturday, which, yeah, duh. They couldn't have been much worse than they were on Saturday. And they certainly improved uh, outside of the only sack that was given up by Icky Aquanu. We need to get to Icky. We need to have a kind of a hard conversation here about Icky Aquanu on a Friday night here on YouTube as it's been a little rough for Icky uh, the first two weeks in the preseason. Now, is that going to be the way it's going to be all season long? We'll see. I don't think it will be, but so far, we need to see more out of Icky. But I thought that Bryce looked good. That opening drive, uh, he gets in there. His first step uh, drop back. He has to roll out. You know, there's pressure there from from the interior. And there was opportunity maybe you could throw with Adam Field or DJ Chark, but there was defenders over the top that could have came in and potentially made a play on the ball. So it made sense for Bryce, who looks to – you know, throw the ball with his legs. He's not looking to run. He's looking to maneuver and get out of the pocket and try and see what's downfield. And then when he has to, he'll run. And then there's been situations where sometimes maybe he should run uh, quicker than he decides to. But Bryce made a good decision there. And they go three and out, don't get much of an opportunity. Three of the first four drives that the Ones have had in the preseason uh, ended in three and outs. But that second drive, things were better, but still a little clunky. Good things from Chuba Hubbard. It was a 15-play, 62-yard drive that lasted 10 minutes and 21 seconds and was aided by three Johns penalties, including a rough-in-the-passer by Dexter Lawrence, uh, which – the NFL's got to change that rule, man. Like The quarterback just being touched in the face mask, not harmed at all. I hate that rule. And I'm not like sitting here being like, oh, I only care about the defense. I just think that's so soft. And I thought they were trying to fix something like that. But whatever, helped the Panthers until it didn't because they had their own penalties and their own offensive line leakage that led to that field goal. And Matthew Wright hit like a 50-yarder as well tonight. So maybe he's um someone who can help the Panthers if uh, Zane, not Zane, Eddie Pinero is going to miss any sort of time. But I thought – Overall, that drive, they look fine. He, Jonathan Bingo, that guy shows that he can be a factor. And I'm kind of a, a lot higher on him than I have been so far. And I haven't like been down on Bingo. I just didn't really know what to expect out of him. It's just rare to see someone who really didn't produce that much in college, go as high as he did at 39 overall. But this coaching staff clearly likes him. And in seeing the unofficial depth chart where he was listed above Lavishka and Terrace, people say, oh, that doesn't really matter. But when he started last week and he starts again tonight and he plays the way he played... Yeah, it absolutely matters. And this is someone who can be a factor in this offense. It's, and it's not like this was a deep wide receiver core where it would be difficult for him to get on the field. He's on the field, and I don't think he's coming off of it as long as he's healthy this upcoming season because they want him to learn and grow alongside Bryce Young there in this offense. Had that great catch there um, that he took a hit, bounced right off of it, and went 15 yards. So that's something we haven't seen in a while, At like Steve Smith Sr. said on the broadcast. And Steve loves this dude. There was that third and one that they had on that second drive um, in Giants territory where they were going to go for it before Hayden Hurst had a false start. Didn't really see anything from Hayden Hurst in the passing game either. Don't think he was targeted tonight. He only has like one target so far in the preseason. Where has the tight end position been? We were promised that the tight ends would be used under Frank Reich in this new offense. What's going on? Let's figure that out. Uh, But, again, only preseason was not – get. Too carried away, but still, uh, you saw before that that um, false start by Hayden Hurst that Mingo was in there as the lone receiver uh, to help in the blocking scenario. And he helped to uh, open up a hole for Chuba Helbert on the outside on one of the first downs early on in that drive. So he's already shown the physicality, being able to take a hit and then to go and to get some yards off of that, and then also to help out in the run game, which is a huge thing for wide receivers. I know we focus on catching the ball because that's primarily what they're supposed to do, but like think about running backs. Yeah, they run the football, but the number one job for running back is to not get their quarterback killed, especially in these pass-happy offenses. And then for a wide receiver, you can't play a lot of times if you cannot help in the run game. That's not the case with John Domingo. He helped out. He looks like he's going to be a factor. Good to see that from him. Uh, Bryce hit Adam Thielen on a good throw there where he stood in the pocket, hit him on the third down. So overall, I thought Bryce was poised, made good decisions, and is exactly everything I thought he would be when the Carolina Panthers took him. I just would like for him to not get touched as much as he's gotten touched so far, which now leads me to Ikea Aquano, who last week his first two reps – He gave up pressures, and Bryce Young got touched. That can't happen from your second-year left tackle. I don't know if he's entering into a sophomore slump, and that is absolutely not a narrative I want to play out or that I really want to lead. Um, But so far, it's it's been rough. And you look at that second drive that they had when they got down the field aided by those Giants penalties, even though the Panthers' offense didn't really look all that great getting there, but they moved the football down the field. They sustained a drive, and that's something they needed to do after last week where it was absolutely nothing. But Icky has just a mental lapse where he's kind of reaching out to the left on his outside when he's the only one out there. And he's trying to pass off Kayvon Thibodeau, who goes right around him and lights up Bryce. Then on the very next play, gets beat again. Now, I guess the good thing is he wasn't, it was probably not good, really the bad thing. He wasn't the only one who got beat. As Chandler Zavala, and we're going to talk about him shortly, who started at right guard tonight, he was called for a hold uh, on that play where it was really meet me at the quarterback that the Giants are playing. But Kayvon Thibodeau, another player who was drafted highly last year in a 2022 draft, um, played really well and got Icky back-to-back plays. Icky's got to be better. And throughout training camp, all I had heard was how Icky Iquanu was taking that next step. That has not been the case. Last season, it started off rough. Not surprising, Miles Garrett's great. And then it ended a little rough in Week 17 when he gives up that ill-timed sack where Sam Darnold fumbles, which is, you know, what Sam Darnold does. But still, that cost them the game there against Tampa Bay in Week 17. Maybe for the best, as Panthers didn't go to the playoffs, and maybe they're not in this situation with Bryce Young and the new coaching staff having to go to the playoffs. But that's another timeline that we are not in currently here right now on a Friday night on YouTube talking about this game. So, Icky has not been good so far. But the middle... Of last season, really, the large portion of last last season, it was great. And it's a rough start. I had talked about last week, these offensive linemen only get so many reps to be physical before they start playing games. This is an opportunity for them to warm up and get ready. Icky needs to be better, and I expected a lot more out of him. I thought that Brady Christensen tonight was fine. Didn't really hear a lot from him, which is a good thing. Um, but the interior overall, I think, kind of struggled against Dexter Lawrence, especially Bradley Bozeman. And if there's any knock on Boz, it's that he's not necessarily the greatest um, there in the interior as far as pass pro goes. Uh, but I think he can hold his own for the most part. And I... You know, thought tonight that Dexter Lawrence and Steve Smith said on the broadcast as well that he he had his hands full and on that first drive, he gave a pressure there on that third and three where Bryce had to get out of the pocket and he looked downfield to Mingo and Bryce talked about it after the game saying there was a miscommunication there. I'll put that more kind of I don't know. Two rookies trying to figure it out in those situations that they haven't really been in very much. So preseason, that's why you got to try and figure it out now. So not too concerned about that. would love for them to be able to complete that because that's some of the good things that you see from Bryce, being able to keep a play alive, and then Mingo having the presence of mind to get open for his quarterback who's under duress. But Bradley Bozen struggled there. Then the rough in the passer call on Dexter Lawrence, that was Bose also just getting dominated on that play. Um, but I think Bose will be fine overall, just like I feel the same thing way about Icky, even though got to clean some things up. And Bose is talking to Carla Gebhardt. Congratulations, Carla. Now the uh, new sports director over there at uh, Queen City News here in Charlotte, the local Fox affiliate. Uh, she was talking to him and he was saying, yeah, we got to clean up some things. Um, I got to be better. The whole line needs to be better. Right guard, Chandler Zavala. Got to start tonight. Fourth round pick at NC State played like five games of Icky. If you listen to some people, they would tell you that he's played of Icky Aquano his entire life. He played like five games in 21, then he got injured, and that's the only time he's really played next to Icky Iquando, as he was like a Jew, a D2 or JUCO transfer, but a good player at NC State last season. And now playing kind of out of position in a way, because left guard, right guard, the nuances of that, they're different. Um, like being left-handed, right-handed. But he goes with the right guard, gets a start as Cade Mays, struggled last week, out with a neck injury, not supposed to be that serious. We'll see if he gets another opportunity this week. As Frank Reich had mentioned on Monday, that his hope was that he would know who his best five were going into that final preseason game against the Lions. And if Cade Mays is not healthy enough, hard for him to be one of the top five guys. And really, it's the right guard position that Carolina is trying to figure out here right now as far as who's going to start while Austin Corbett is out on the PUP list uh, with that knee injury after the torn CLE suffered back in week 18 against the Saints. I thought Zavala, for his first time against the Ones, for a guy who started off on PUP and then last week was the first time he's really out there, I thought he was, you know, all right. I, I can't say he was good, can't say he was bad, I thought he was okay. He held his own for the most part. Uh, that first drive, there was uh, that second and four run play where, yeah, he got beat by Leonard Williams, and that's the only reason they, and that's why the Panthers only got one yard on that run by Chuba Hubbard because he couldn't handle Leonard Williams with Leonard Williams experienced pro, very good player, makes a lot of money not surprised by that, and he was called for that holding uh, later on in that second drive when Icky again got beat by Kayvon Thibodeau, but outside of that, I thought Zabalo was pretty good, and I was looking intently I was really staring at right guard I'd have to go back and go and look at the play again because I was just staring at right guard trying to see, hey, what is he doing? I thought Zavala was fine. I came into the night thinking he's probably the uh, clubhouse favorite to be uh, the starting right guard. And after tonight, I don't think there's really any reason not to think that would still be the case. As uh, Nash Jensen, I was a little surprised he didn't get an opportunity. As Scaffitter was talking to Steve Smith and Taylor Zarzer there in the booth um, in, the, in the third quarter, and he was praising Nash Jensen. And that's a guy I think maybe he has a chance to make the roster. Because I looked at Michael Jordan was terrible again with the twos. Justin McCray, who has followed – Offensive line coach James Campen from Cleveland to Houston to here. Ugh, I haven't seen anything out of him that makes me feel good about him as being a veteran presence and being a backup. Like the depth here, I'd certainly overestimated it because that's not been good. But maybe Nas Jensen's guy who can earn his way on the roster and at least make the practice squad. There could be something there with him. But I thought Zavala was pretty good. So, Bryce, like him. Icky, clean it up. Bose think he'll be fine. Got to clean some things up. Zavala, uh, as good as you could have hoped. Mingo, going to be a factor. Also, the run game. Chuba Hubbard, eight carries, 30 yards. Showed some toughness with a stiff arm. I liked what I saw from him. Blackshear, that's a guy that's got to be involved, y'all. He's got to be more than just a returner. I, I like him. I don't know how they're planning on distributing the reps with Miles Sanders. The way they talked about it earlier back in the OTAs, that being Frank Reich, it sounded like they wanted him to be the workhorse, but I felt like I saw a lot of good things out of the running back core as a whole. Spencer Brown, he might be knock, he might be knocking on the door for a job, and that's the thing about it. Like Matt Corral, we're gonna get to him later. You gotta earn it because there's guys like that who could be used on this roster. So I feel like the run game looks good. I uh, don't worry about it with the offensive line as far as running the ball, but they got to clean some things up. But overall, much better tonight from the offensive line, but still a little concerning. As some guys you felt like were going to be rock solid, have not been so far. But we'll see how that turns out here as they have their dress rehearsal on Friday night next week. I guess this upcoming week against the Detroit Lions right back here in Uptown Charlotte at Bank of America Stadium. Uh, Get into some of the defensive takeaways as a defense. Got a little diced up there to start the game, but I'm not too concerned about that either. It's only preseason, but again, the results sort of do matter. We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes in life we're faced with tough choices and the path forward isn't always clear. Whether you're dealing with decisions around career, relationships, or anything else, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life so you can move forward with confidence and excitement. Trusting yourself to make decisions that align with your values is like anything. The more you practice it, the easier it gets. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient flexible and suited to your schedule just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge let therapy be your map with better help visit betterhelp.com locked on today to get 10 off your first month that's better help slash locked on so we haven't really spent a lot of time here on the show talking about the panthers defense um because that hasn't really been a concern so far I don't feel it has. You look at Derek Brown coming back after having an excellent year last season, having his fifth-year option exercise for next year. You feel good about him. Shai Tuttle coming over from New Orleans to be a starter there. And a lot of the de- of defensive additions. Marquand McCall, who's still here, a holdover from the rural regime, who made the team last year, made some impact plays. He's now looking like he's going to be the starting nose tackle here in Carolina. Feel good about that. Brian Burns, now they have Justin Houston on the roster. Yet to see either one of those guys. But, hey. They did what all of us had been demanding for over a year. Get another edge rusher after you let Hassan Reddick walk in free agency because you wanted Deshaun Watson, who never wanted you. But, hey, it's good. Houston's here. Brian Burns about to be paid. Excellent player. And the depth there seems better now that you have him here. But now we need to get Marquise Haynes back and all that. And in the secondary, bring in Von Bell, who's played in the Super Bowl and AFC Championship the last two seasons in Cincinnati, was a captain there. He comes over. Him paired with Xavier Woods, who was great for the Panthers last year in that safety spot. Those two guys are excellent communicators. And now you have Jeremy Chin playing in the new nickel cornerback role that he's playing and can be a playmaker. And we saw that on that opening drive. We went out there. The only negative play the Panthers were able to uh, pull off, he was out there on the flat, made a play, and led to a second and 12. So, like what I saw from Jeremy Chin in that role. uh, But the defense, though, that opening drive who man. Um, what the hell, guys? <laughs> Just to be honest, um, Daniel Jones, Charlotte Latin zone, Charlotte Latin hawk forever and forever. He is. I'm a problems panther. I live right at my parents' house, right down from uh, Charlotte Latin. So whatever, been around there all the time. Good for him. Charlotte guy, always gonna root for Daniel Jones, even if he went to Duke. Because Charlotte over everything. Um, he looked good. Looked really good. Eight of 9, 68 yards. Touchdown, like easy touchdown drive for them. The only drop was uh, Darren Waller. Great addition for the Giants. Good Lord, that offense actually could be pretty damn good. Mike Kafka might be getting a head coaching job next year, even if he probably doesn't even deserve one, because it's actually Brian Dable who's the mastermind. But forget it. Don't don't listen to me, NFL owners. Um, why would you? But 8 of 9, 68 yards, touchdown on opening drive. Waller had that drop where Von Bell – put a pretty good lick on him like to see that um and but he had 10 dropbacks, only one pressure and that was from Itor gross so daniel kind of sat back there and dissected him now here's the thing for people who want to be concerned about the defense making it look too easy and it's not like the defense as a whole look great against the jets as far as just like the depth of it i did think they look better as a unit overall um especially the depth guys i'm not gonna be freaking out because think about this jones sat back there 10 dropbacks, one pressure Do you think that's the case if Brian Byrne plays? No. If Justin Houston plays? No. If Marquise Haynes plays? No. You you were without your top three edge rusher tonight. So it's not that surprising, even though it was a little bit like, hmm, hmm, Um, okay, sure. Now Jones has gotten better. And all the reports are saying that he has not thrown an interception. The ball hasn't touched the ground at all in training camp. Best shape of his life. He was good last year, I felt. And he's only going to get better now in year two at Dable. Like, look we'll at with Josh Allen. And, like, what happened from year one to two there with Brian Dable. Dude went to be, like, a freaking cyborg, which he already is. He was excellent. So, I think Daniel Jones is going to have a great year in New York. And I hope he does. Because Charlotte Guy, Charlotte over everything. So... That was something that I saw that was like, okay, well, not great, but I understand why. Dante Jackson hurt his ankle. Uh, Chuba Hubbard was also someone who hurt his ankle tonight. I saw the tackle that happened with Chuba, so it was like, okay, a little gimpy, I think he'll be fine. And if he doesn't play next week, that's cool. I want to see a lot of blacks here. Spencer Brown needs the reps anyways to try and make this roster, whether they need him or not. Uh, Dante had his ankle wrapped, thought he was okay. And, I mean, J.C., one thing I'll say about him, you got to be more physical. You can say that Darren Waller, I know the – the black and blue covered or colored eyeglasses are going to tell you that, oh, Darren Waller pushed off. It's football. Be more physical. JC's big enough. You can't get pushed around like that. you got to be more physical on that play, and he certainly wasn't. So you can look at the refs, put your hand up all the time. The refs saying, hey, weight room, get up. Be, be more physical. I, I think it will be fine. But that's one of the things I saw. I was just like, come on, dude. You're way better than that. And you got to just be able to match that physicality because Waller is a beast. And I think J.C. Horn can be a damn good player. That's just something I just don't want to see from him this upcoming season. I don't think we're going to see it a lot. I just saw that. I was like, hmm. Uh, Another thing that was interesting to me, too, on the Panthers broadcast with Steve and uh, Zarzer, they came out and announced a 2-4-5 starting lineup. Now, that would have been surprising because they like to be vanilla in the preseason. It would have been shocking if they actually came out with that kind of lineup. But that did lead to intriguing possibilities. Of course, the five guys in the back end would be Chin and the nickel spot, J.C. and Dante at the outside corner spots. Then you would have Xavier Woods and then um, Von Bell at safety. Then, you know, it gets interesting with that front six as it, would, as it would become where in the middle you could have a combination of like Shaq and Frankie or maybe you have Shaq and Dion have Frankie at an outside linebacker spot with Brian Burns, or as we saw, Frankie was able to actually be a, a rusher. So that adds another element to what the Panthers want to do this upcoming season. And then with your two down defensive linemen, you got Derek Brown with uh, Mark Hall McCall, maybe with Shari Tuttle. Uh, I like what that could look like. They're going to do some pretty funky stuff this year in this 3-4 scheme. It's a 3-4 base. Remember that. 3-4 base. Not every It's not going to be 3-4 the whole time. They're going to be doing some cool stuff here with the Jero Averro. I remember talking to Jordan Rodriguez, who used to cover the Panthers for The Observer, then uh, partnered with Joe Person at The Athletic. Now she's covering the Rams out there in L.A. She was just talking about how this is like a living organism once everyone kind of figures out what's going on. And let's remember, as DJ Shark said earlier this week, last Saturday was the first time that those guys have gone out on the field in a game, preseason or not, and been with each other. Same case for the defense, where it's they still have not all been together. They have still not had Brian Burns and Justin Houston and Derek Brown out there with the ones during a preseason game. Do we need to see it? Mm, maybe not. It would be nice just to watch something that we care about uh, before we get to all the guys who aren't going to be on the roster later on in the game. Um, but I think they'll be fine. It's going to take some time. And that's the thing about it. The Panthers just don't have – they just don't have the um, the benefit of time. Is that what I'm trying to say? It's late, guys. It's 11-15. Long day. But they, they don't really have that benefit of, of waiting because it's down to Atlanta week one. And I saw the Bijan highlights and people saying how how great Desmond Ritter looks. We'll find out soon enough. You just don't have a lot of time to sit here and wait. You got that. You got the Saints Monday night. Going to be an insane crowd. But still, two divisional opponents. Two games, the Panthers can lose. Two games, the Panthers can win. I would think, hey, get a split. That would be great. And everyone should take that. 0-2, certainly on the table. 2-0 on the table. 1-1 on the table. Any list of those scenarios could happen. So they can't sit here and wait around. I think the defense will be fine. Uh, but it's going to take some time. And that's why I really want to see more reps from both the starters and the defense next Friday against the Lions in that dress rehearsal at Bank of America Stadium. Uh, another guy who needs more reps and had improved reps tonight with Matt Corral, who – I think had his best outing as a Carolina Panther. Hey, how about that? We'll talk about Matt Corral, what he did, and if he is going to hold on to that QB three spot here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. Football season is about to kick off officially. It's only the preseason, but FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long because right now when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in a regular season. You can bet on the Panthers. You can bet on the Browns, you can bet on the Texans. Oh, I don't know why you would do that. The Bucks. any of those teams, if they win, you get bonus bets. Just pick any team, and I mean any, of the 32 teams to win a Super Bowl, and you get bonus bets for every victory. Uh, you can use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. So visit Vandal.com slash locked on and start earning bonus bets of America's number one sportsbook. That's Vandal.com slash locked on. Looking over to my left as, of course, live here on YouTube, uh, check out the podcast, of course, subscribe. Uh, and watch show on YouTube. And, of course, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. if you ever miss a live episode where I'll be live following every Panthers preseason game, only one more, but every Carolina Panthers regular season game and, fingers crossed, playoff game, I'll be live here on YouTube probably about an hour after the game is over. So make sure to subscribe so you check it out. But looking over to my left, as my TVs over there. DJ Shark going one-on-one with Will Kunkel, who will not be here with us much longer as he's headed to Houston. Congrats on that, Will. Um, didn't get to see a lot of Shark. Only two targets. One reception for 13 yards. Didn't see a lot of him or Phelan or Hayden Hurst. And that's one of the things I talked about going into tonight. I wanted to see Bryce be able to spread it around more to his playmakers. And we didn't get to see that because he only played against 17 snaps. And, well, the offensive line didn't help out that much. Now, they were better, but not where, of course, everyone would like for them to be at right now here on uh, the night of August 18th as they lose whatever, their second preseason game, 21-19 to 19 to the New York Giants. But DJ Chark can be a good player for the Panthers. Just need to get him the football on situations other than third and 30. Uh, okay, Matt Corral, though. And I guess you could say I've been harsh about Matt Corral. I've never loved the pick from the beginning. I liked him at Ole Miss. I will always be a fan of Matt Corral 2021 at Mississippi. Thought he was great. First time in school history they had ever won 10 games in a regular season. Peyton didn't do it. Archie didn't do it. Uh, Those teams of Johnny Vaught back in the 50s and 60s, pre-integration never did it, but he did it. So, hey, good for Matt Corral and the Ole Miss Rebels that season. Uh, But I felt like it was a panic move to go up there and get him when clearly they wanted Baker Mayfield. And when they came out and said that Matt's not here to compete, he's here to grow and develop – that pretty much told you he wasn't there to push Sam Darnold, but then kind of made it curious, why would you do that? Because if you're going to draft the quarterback, ideally you're drafting someone to come in, not to be like developed as the backup and maybe if things work out, the starter, but you want someone to come in and be the starter one day, which of course is now the case with Bryce Shung. It sucks for Matt that he broke his foot last year, that he had no protection, and that he was coached by Matt Rule very briefly and did not even get the practice reps throughout the regular season. And had he been healthy – probably maybe gets the opportunity to start at some point last season and maybe he shows, but from what I've seen would have been totally surprised if the Panthers take away from Matt, Matt Corral rather playing in the regular season last year would have been to not trade up for number one. Cause I think they still make the move. Even they would have seen him. but I thought tonight was the best night he's had as a Carolina Panther uh, Washington last year. Not great. He showed some toughness as he got his helmet ripped off and kept playing. Love that about him. A warrior. Not anything I was surprised to see because that's what I saw, especially in that Tennessee game back in 21 when he was at Ole Miss. Um, then the next week against the Patriots wasn't great as he was behind a bad offensive line, and that led to the List frank injury. And I hate that field there And Gillette. Just cursed because ha- same thing happened to Cam. And then last week against the Jets, just did not look comfortable. But it also looked like a guy who hadn't played football in over a year, which was the case. So maybe – I didn't give him the benefit of the doubt like I should have. But I just looked at it as he probably was a pick they should have never made. Because I just didn't know what realistically they felt the future was going to be for Matt Corral. But he, I think, secured his future here in Carolina, at least for one more season based off of how he played tonight. Matt, oh, why do I keep saying Matt Rule? Uh, Scott Fitterer, PTSD, all Scott Fitterer, Frank Reich, they have given him every opportunity to be the number three quarterback here. Last year, last week, didn't grab it. I thought tonight he did. And the numbers, are they overwhelming? I don't even have it in front of me. Uh he was what he only threw like 71 yards. Let me pull it up. I had it on my ESPN and I threw and I put it away. Um let's see. He threw for Christ. Nine for 13, 71 yards, was sacked, had an 82.5 rating. Didn't look good in the first half. shysmith smith kind of let him down. Some some of his receivers did. He also kind of alligator armed one of the throws as well still looked a little jittery but after halftime I don't know whether he got some orange slices in him and a cup of sugar and felt good I don't know uh but he came out and played well I felt like and leading him to that touchdown drive to start the third and linking up with shy he looked comfortable he looked comfortable for the first time Matt I mean comfortable as much as you could expect he looked comfortable for the first time you had ever seen um from Matt Corral since being a Carolina Panther. So I thought it was a good night for him, especially when Jake Luton comes out and immediately leads a touchdown and threw a great ball to Gary Jennings, the former West Virginia Mountaineer who played with Will Greer. You guys, of course, know him. Um, I thought it was a great throw from Jake Luton. He was somebody I wanted to see. Now, Luton almost immediately threw an interception, that final drive, even though it looked like it was miscommunication, they go do absolutely nothing. But that's pretty tough when he's out there with like the fours and trying to do something. Uh, but I thought Matt Corral... Based on what he did tonight and just really the actions of the front office and the coaching staff, it seems like he's probably secured a spot as QB three. Now, if players like Raquan Williams, who was a beast in the first half there on that second team defensive line with three tackles, two solo, a sack and a TFL, that's tackle for loss uh, for the layman out there. If he plays like that, then you got to think, do we need more Raquan Williams? Does Amari Bruno need to be on the roster who can help you on special teams? Does Chandler Wooten need to be on the roster instead of a third quarterback? Where if he plays, then your team's screwed. And that's the same scenario for every team in the NFL, unless you're the San Francisco 49ers, of course. Um, I don't think the Panthers are in position where if they get down to the third-string quarterback, they're going to be able to win football games, go to the NFC Championship. I don't think I'm wrong by saying that. Maybe I am. Um, but he's got to earn it. And I thought tonight – he took a step forward to earning it, and you saw getting reps and then getting another week of preparation and then playing him improve. So you want to see that carry over to the next week because if he takes a step back, then we're in the conversation again of, okay, is it really necessary? And I thought tonight was a great night for Matt Corral just based off of what he's been through in the past, how he played on Saturday, and just how he performed today. And maybe great is just being hyperbolic – I thought it was a good night for Matt Corral. Maybe a great night just in considering that I think he's probably put himself in position to still be on a roster in a couple of weeks' time. Now, a couple inactives just to go through them. Miles Sanders uh, tweaked his hamstring last Wednesday. Probably not going to play in the preseason. Don't think that's a big deal. Uh, Brian Burns, of course, out just because. Keep him healthy. Justin Houston, Derek Brown, all those guys, healthy scratches. Uh, Cade Mays, but in a positive way. Cade, Cade Mays has a neck issue. Not quite sure how long that's going to keep him out. Looks like Chandler Zavala might have taken his job. Uh, Andy Dalton, out of the back. W- weren't going to see him in the preseason anyways. Uh, Henry Anderson, still dealing with that issue. He had last week, I believe it was like a knee or an ankle, something like that. Something, I can't remember. Uh, Austin Corbett, of course, on PUP. Cam Irving had an ankle issue last week. He's uh, he's someone to monitor because if he's hurt, that could change what the Panthers want to do on the offensive line. Marquise Haynes still is dealing with the back. Then Antoine Jackson, Greg Maybin, two guys who won't be on the roster. They missed Terrace Marshall with the back injury, um, but his kind of spot seems to be kind of solidified behind. Um, Jonathan Mingo, then Mac McCain won't be on the roster anyways. Eddie Pinheiro with the groin. Stephon Sullivan looks like he's going to. Have a tough time making a roster now with the back to back missing preseason games and probably not really practicing that much. Anyways, Jordan Thomas wasn't going to be on the roster. Good story, though. Stan Thomas Oliver, think he's still fine, special teams wise. And Derek Wright, who had a good game last week with the knee. I will say one thing, too, about wide receivers. Uh, Shai Smith uh, had a couple drops, looked a little iffy there in the first half, but he came back and bounced back well in the second half with Matt Corral. He needed that because he needs a show that needs to be on the roster. I did miss earlier in the week, Demir Bird, he's gone on IR. I, so he's out for the season, and he'll be back here next year. Which I would, I certainly hope that hamstring is something that needs to keep out for the rest of the season because that's kind of that's kind of crappy of the Panthers, the sideline a guy for the whole year, unless that's like a like a terrible hamstring injury. They said four to six weeks, and now he's out for the rest of the year. So you can stow him next year. I don't understand that. Uh, that sucks for him. Um but the team thought that was best interest for them to do, so they did it. Uh, but I look at a guy like Javon Wims, who's kind of shown some things the last two weeks. He could push for it if Shy doesn't take control of it. And Scott Fitter said on the broadcast when speaking to Steve Smith and to Taylor Zarzer that after this game, they were going to start looking at the numbers and figure out, okay, how many you want to keep on the offensive line? How many you want to keep on the D-line, linebacker, corner, all those positions? And then that will determine what battles are going to play out the rest of the week, but really next Friday against the Lions. And that at the back end. Because he said Wims. It could just be, hey, I'm on the broadcast saying things. He could say Whims. He did say that Wims is one of those guys fighting for that back end spot. I think he's fighting right there with Shy Smith. So we'll see what it looks like. But I'm interested to see. How that works out is the Panthers, if they want to keep six, they want to keep five. Uh, There are some decisions to be made here over the next week as the Panthers enter into the final week of the preseason as we inch closer to that September 10th opener down I-85 South in Atlanta against the Falcons. But that's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, y'all subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And be sure to follow me julian council on twitter at julian council where next friday and the friday after that two more fridays i'll be doing the weekly friday mailbag then we'll transition to a wednesday mailbag during the regular season either at me or dm me over on twitter to get those questions into me now but in the meantime be safe be happy be whole as always keep pounding and i will talk to y'all on a tuesday